When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode 30 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast. Where this week we're going to look back at the heartbreaking defeat away at Leicester. Indeed, he's played the ball through three matches offside. We're going to be discussing the role of Marcel Brands. We know in sport there's always um, you have to perform, and that, that's for me, that's for the manager, that's for the players, that's for everyone. Um, but it's also um, important, especially in this club, um, after um, a couple of years from instability, um, to stay, uh, to say, uh, stick together. I'm going to look ahead to the derby with Liverpool and the visit of Chelsea to Goodison Park. Bikini. Out by Lovren. And thumped back in by Phil Janielka. Bolt from the Everton Blue. And lad, it's a tough, a tough pill to swallow after watching the game today. And you can't help but sit here and feel sorry for Marco Silva. It was sickening. Especially after we, we got the um, the bit of luck with the VAR decision, I know I sent a message to you lads saying this. It would just be typical if this decision went against us because mm. it looked like there was no contact, and if anything, it was minimal. You know, um, black back was looking for contact, and when we got that decision, I thought I started to get my hopes up, which is what Everton do to you mm. time and time again, lulling into that false sense of security where you think, yes, we're going to do something, and then just snatch it away from you. Mm. Lee? Uh, just absolutely devastated. I just don't... I didn't think we deserved to lose that game. I don't know that's blatantly obvious for anyone watching whether you're an Everton fan or not. I thought the players put a massive shift in. I thought arguably the most informed team in the league. I know Liverpool have had a lot of wins on the bounce, but I think Leicester have been brushing big teams aside with ease. We've made them look really ordinary today. And to come away with that is just a signal, isn't it? An absolute. I felt, for, I felt for him. I really did. You saw the camera zoom in on him. You know, for a bit of theatre with Sky, or whatever. But we didn't deserve. We deserved at least a point in that game for me today, and that's robbery at the end there. Um, and don't get me going on VAR. I know we benefited from it for from what was a clear dive from Chilwell looking for it, but 
you can't you can't be you, you cannot be looking at offsides like you can't be using VAR for offsides not with those dodgy angles not with those like we know exactly when the ball's kicked or not the lino's giving it that should be it he's got the perfect vision he's perfectly looking across that and he's giving it and you know when you look at the pictures online there I mean it's millimetres again isn't it I, I, I don't, don't understand the angle that's used to be honest with you because when you look at that angle that angle's not it's straight like a 30-40 like degree angle it's, it's useless you've got to be looking straight down the line you're making this, I'm making an assumption that I keep on I'm, I'm going to mute these words from my memory Stockley Park I keep on using these two words all the time I'm going to mute them on Twitter as well I'm sick and tired of, of using them and hearing about them but you've got to assume they've got a, a dead straight angle there because looking at that from the other angle, looks offside. He looked offside when I first saw the replay. I thought he's offside, made up. He's offside. Mm. Well, the, well, the flag went up. Yeah, mm. and I, but, but I know the I heard Carragher shout, "No, he's offside. He's off, given offside." And then when I saw the first replay, I sat there and went, "He's offside. It's not okay. It's offside." He's, he can see his his foot ahead of his knee or whatever. And then he started drawing the lines on. I'm thinking. Is that line even straight? Because it didn't look straight to me. The angle wasn't straight. So how, how do we know it's even straight? Now I can see. Yeah, but it's knowing it. when it's kicked as well. You can't. We said it on other podcasts without even actually in relation to us, but about other other games. You can't be using VAR for offside. It's not foolproof. It's not black and white. It's just it isn't. I mean, there's like Gray said it for twenty five frames a second. You know, and you you don't know when the ball's exactly kicked. You know, it, it's robbery at the end there. It's absolute robbery. You know, and. The players there, you know, when 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 Martinez went and it was toxic, and then you, you know people felt for, felt for his safety at Goodison. When Cumin went, you know, I was at that Leon game in Leon. The players were definitely down tools for him. You cannot say there today that every single player pretty much there put a shift in there for the manager. I think that was a concern, and, he's, and he set us up well there today. He's nullified the opposition. He's done his own work, and you know that that five four one playing with the wing backs. I thought, I thought, I thought Sidibe. Man of the match for me. I thought he was outstanding today. Yeah. I think a concern of ours last week was the first time really that collectively in a way we'd question Marco Silva's uh, role as manager and I didn't see anything against Norwich. This is yet the players wanted to be on the pitch. They didn't put a shift in for me. And you see them today and they all did. You know, as, as a collective group, I know by the way there was, there was errors and mistakes made which have cost us goals which we're going to come on to. But as a collective group, we set up differently. We had three centre halves. We had we asking Luca Dean and Sadibi to be the the width and to be fair, Sadibi was great. I mean, he was playing almost as a sudden right outside forward from from back in the day, wasn't he? He was he was miles with the pitch and he gave us so much width, especially that first half. He was though. causing them problems. He was. Chilwell Chil- 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 was yeah. pushed back. Yeah. You know, again, I can't think what Chilwell really. You know, he's got good delivery on him. You know, didn't really get into a, a great deal. Strong positions. I thought he, I thought he was outstanding. You know, he obviously laid on the goal another great cross. But I mean, let's go back to the formation. Let's look at it from the start. What was your thoughts, Pete, when you saw that? Well, I, I said to the two of you, I said if he plays that formation, I really hope that we're direct. I really hope we're quick with the ball because if we start trying to play possession football with that, you just felt that Leicester would pick us off, and it'd be a really difficult afternoon. And I was really pleased with how we played. I was particularly pleased with how we started the second half because mm. it looked like we were a bit leggy mm. at the end of the first half because to maintain that shape takes a lot of energy, a lot of organisation. So, like I said before, I started to get my hopes up. I started to believe. So, it's clear, you know, Silver and the team have worked hard all week, but there's so many, so many times it can come down to fine margins. You know, it feels like we have the same conversation over and over again. Mm. You know, we, we lose a game... You know, due to a dodgy decision, or you know, 
a moment of concentration where you know we played really well for patches of the game, but there's always there's only so many times we can have this conversation, isn't it? Absolutely. Sorry, go on, go on. No, I was going to say, yeah, I, I agree with that point. You know, Mike tweeted out a tweet today about the Spurs, uh, not Spurs game, sorry, the um, what was the game with the handball? Arsenal today? game. The Arsenal game, sorry, yeah. today. You know, again, I've not seen it, but from what you you were saying, it was like a carbon copy of me. So this one, pretty much, yeah. yeah. Pretty, the, the the pressure on the defender, if you like, was exactly the same as the pressure on Deli Ali. Is all yeah. I'd say. And it's that that's potentially cost you three points because that's a pen. Yeah, you know what I mean, and then that. that then obviously the bright, the infamous Brighton one, which they've come out and apologised for, and then obviously now this one. Now I mean, wherever VAR could go wrong, we've had three incidents now, all separate, all different things, and they've all gone against us. You're just thinking, come on, please, will the gods look down on us? And you, that's why I kind of feel feel for Mark in a way, because if if we were getting decimated every week and we were all over the show like we were at the end of Martin, as you know, then I would turn around and go, you know what? Let's let, let let's have it right. We need to change it. But, but it's a but pattern, it's not. isn't it? It's it's a pattern. What do you mean it's a pattern? Well, no matter, no matter the manner of the defeats, it's, you know, and I'm not... These are the tight games. I'm They're not, all tight games, aren't they? Don't get me wrong, I'm not clearly calling for his head. All I'm saying is that there's a clear issue and we can't keep putting it down to, you know, VAR mistakes. Yeah, I mean, yes, they're happening, but it's a pattern. I think it's... Yeah. You, just, well, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. And I think the best way to use is there's almost an inevitability yeah. about the, the results and the fact that Leicester were going to score and... I had a no, that was like the Moyes era for me now. Yeah. Do you remember the games in the Moyes where we'd go to like a supposedly difficult ground and it would be like, we'd go 1-0 up the hopes up and then it literally would be defending like the Alamo, throwing ourselves in front of balls, ham, you know, literally, and it was all, I can remember a few times at Arsenal when Pinot scored that lovely goal and he's waiting for it and then Van Persie got a deflected free kick in the night. It happened all the time but I'd never felt we were defending like the Alamo at all at the end there. You just called it their beat. Start the second half you're thinking, even the commentators said, oh, "Everton are going to be under it here." Leicester were raising it last five minutes, of the first half, and then we looked at the arguably looked like we were going to get the second goal. Yeah, we could have got you know two I mean? or three, couldn't we? In that yeah, exactly. Richardson misses a header. You know, we've had a few other little chances. I mean, Keane when he came on, the game was open. It suited him. I mean, I, I thought that was in. I was. I mean, off. I was what off. an effort that was! But what, what, what? Schmeichel nowhere near it, giving it. Oh, that's going well wide. It was about an inch wide. I thought it was in, and Schmeichel definitely was getting nowhere near that ball. He. Listen, squeaky bum time and a half, it's Michael Day, you thought that's past me. Great effort, by the way, great effort. It's great improv, isn't it? That shows you he's got a sharp brain, hasn't he? Yeah, I, I, thought, I thought Moise Keane was an absolute terror when he came on, and, mm. and I think... I mean, the know, game suited him, because it was open, but it yeah, did. I do agree he played well. Though. And we'll come on to the derby shortly, but I think he's, he's put himself in with a great shout to, to get in the, in the side of the derby, because I think he will cause problems with his pace, he's direct, you know, he's, he's got that... That that striker's brilliant, and he, you know that that shot from say 30, 35 yards. Cavalier wouldn't hit that. And he's aggressive. He's aggressive. He? But he talking of VAR, you know, and there was a moment there where is it Sanucci the the centre half mm-hmm. when he got off today, by the way. He did, yeah, he did get him out, out by his yards a couple of times. But Keane's given a little bit of shove, hasn't he? As the ball's going out, and then he's come over to him and swung his arm at his head. Now. You want to start using VAR and saying we're using it for the right thing. Well, there's a prime example. It's violent conduct by the lesser of the law should have been sent off. Do you know we we could all day we could go over this and this is where the problem with VAR is. You know it's not being used correctly. The obviously you today, Jamie Carragher was saying after the game, oh it, it, it was a hundred percent perfect today VAR. No, it wasn't. It wasn't a hundred percent perfect because it's how you want to interpret. It's hundred percent perfect. There's an instant there that's being missed. Now, yeah, you mean it. I don't know what he was doing by the way when he got like a little flick to the stomach like the fella flicked him in the stomach and he went rolling yeah, back yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. but these things aren't getting looked at and the one on Keane should have been looked at the the, the one when Leicester uh, were given the penalty 
and it was overruled correctly, they were dying to give him a penalty because mm. they went and looked back at the at the mean tackle before the one from Mason Holgate to well, see. It was a good tackle. Yeah, which was a great tackle. They looked at that one from time and time again, and you could see by watching it once, he wins the ball. He's facing mm. the other way, but he wins the ball, and you could see after watching the silver one once. He doesn't touch the player. You know so why I'm, are we constantly? I'm glad you raised that because that, 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 the commentary, right? They, they need to improve on that. That's a joke. It's the same same thing happened in the Tottenham game as well. Like, look, just say it as it is. Yeah. Like whether you're whether you're you know a Liverpool fan, whatever, indifferent. Just say that is. He clearly was looking for a pen. He's mm. nicked it over him and gone. I'm going down here. Yeah. Like you know, we've we've all done it where you think right, if I just get there first and go down, it's like the ref's going to give it. And all day you can see that. And then and then Karras, did he touch his back of his left foot there? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like. What are you doing? Yeah. Just say it as it is, though. It's definitely not a pen that. And that's VAR being used well, because he's obviously tried to fool the official. The ref's given it, and he's been correctly overruled. But, but I you think it's, I mean? it's both a problem with VAR and a problem with Everton. We keep coming back time and time again mm. to this idea of a mentality issue, and I think yeah. it's definitely there, because these decisions go for and against every team in the Premier League. There's not some kind of weird conspiracy against Everton. You know, there's not, but I think that yeah, but I, I, you cannot turn around there and say like what happened when Brighton obviously got the got got the the fortune from that pen that they capitulate. I don't think they capitulate. We were not defending like the Alamo at the end there. We did not capitulate. Our heads didn't go. As soon as it got to one one, arguably again we had another go. We kicked on again and had another go. Yeah, we started to look a bit leggy, but. Look, it, it, I, I didn't think they were bombing shots at Pickford and were like hanging on, hanging on. Is, is the question for the two of you? Did we lose that game because of either VAR or mistakes in officiating? No, I think we lost that game down to a little bit, a little bit of bad fortune. I think overall, I, I genuinely think that you can't turn around there and say we deserve to lose that bad game. Bad fortune, Pardon? bad fortune. No, I think I think a little bit of bad fortune. Yeah, but because look, look how it, look how it played out at the end there. Look how it played out. Come on, you, that is. The, you know what I mean? If you look at the stills, Mike's going to put it on Twitter later. It's, it's a hair's breath. See, you know what I, mean? I don't think we lost that game due to bad fortune. I think we lost that game because we stopped concentrating toward the end of the game. The, the players were knackered. And, you know, at least three or four players made mistakes that we yeah, were I mean, look, Tom, Tom's coming for a lot of stick. I thought it wasn't his best game. Um, you know, considering he's been playing relatively well since he's come in the side, he didn't have a great game last week. And, you know, that's a bit of naivety there. It's the 94th, 95th minute, Sadebe's been down, just kick it in the corner, mate. You try to play a pass into Sigurdsson there, play it behind him and they broke on his, our midfield's committed. Probably too far in that respect, we've got overcommitted. But, just put it in the corner, Tom. Just launch it in the corner, give them a throw, and the referee will probably blow, to be honest, then. They'll throw it to, to the keeper and he'll probably blow when he launches it. That's it, that's the difference. Mm-hmm. And he said he's, he's, he plays a pass of someone who's absolutely, legs are gone, and he's obviously... Yeah. You know, lack of concentration, call it what you want, but just kick it, just launch it, mate. Just launch but it, and then we, we draw the game. I'm, I'm a big fan of Tom Davis, and I, I, I saw Tom, Tom Davis up, and he came back into the side, rightfully so, and obviously we're in a situation now where we haven't got one of the Wasp with centre midfielder, so he's got to play. Um, I, I think he looked leggy all game, and there was in the first, the first, goal, the first goal, he, he jumped in, didn't he, as well, and you could argue that was down to him. And I think sometimes he, make, he makes an easy tackle look difficult when there's no real need to. He, he puts it into, say, three or four movements as opposed to just one movement, and you think there's no need to do that. But, you know, I'm not going to sit here and just blame Tom Davis for the fact that we got beat. We got beat for a number of reasons. Yet there was individual mistakes. But, like you said, there was inevitability that Leicester were going to score the goal. You, you, you almost, as much as to be wearing under massive pressure, I always sit there on edge watching mm. Everton. I'm always on edge. We're out of form, though, I think. We are, but we're on edge thinking, 
So it's going to go wrong here. And, and we said we had this discussion before. Is it a mentality issue? Is it a mentality issue with, not just within the players on the pitch? Is it coming from the manager? Is it coming from the bench? Is it coming from those in the stand? Is it coming from within the club? Is, is, it, is it deep-rooted in, in Everton, this, this mentality issue? I, 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 I'll know. tell you the difference between know. Everton and Sheffield United is belief. Mm. No, I, that, that I, when Sheffield United you know go one nil up, or when they go you know when they can see the goal, they continue believing and they continue playing. Now I think yeah, it might be because we're out of form, and it might be because of the characters we got and the injuries. But I think the issue with Everton is this team's really fragile mentally. I think I think we're talking about bad luck as well. We always say, oh, you know, we're unlucky, we're unlucky, we're unlucky, and yet we have been this season. We've highlighted those in oh, previous we, we, games, of course. We have, we have, we have, we have, but. The better sides don't seem to have as much bad luck mm. as us, and you make your, you make your own luck. So certain sides, certain sides don't have it as much as you know. Whether we want to, you know, praise them or not, Liverpool don't have it. Leicester this season have had maybe one. I think at Anfield was it was it a, a what should have been a penalty or wasn't a penalty? And yeah, was they given. had a massive bit of fortune when Chris Wood scored in the last. Yeah. Year, okay. So, so, so but so what I'm saying is fortune, these better sides who are playing week in week out to win games. Don't seem to have this level of inconsistency and this level of. of I, I think a lot, of it, a lot, a lot of it's you know, it's all about mindset. It's all about mindset. You know, you, no, no matter what sport you play, whether it's football or whatever, you know, it's all about mindset. If you're playing well, everything goes in your favour. That's that's exactly what happens. You know, when you're playing golf or whatever, everything goes in your favour. Bounces, things that you can't control, that goes in your favour. When you're playing well, it's a positive. If the whole team's got a positive mindset because you've won, like Leicester have today, five on the spin. The sixth time they've put the same team out six games in a row, right? I mean, compare that to us, where we've got literally, you know, down to our bare bones in centre mid, and we have, you know, we've had Bernard out. I mean, he's in the squad today, and people like that. So, you know, that's what happens. You know, and once once a team starts thinking, well, we're winning it, even if we're playing rubbish. We we had a bit of a run like that at the end of last season, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Everything was going for us. We were, you know, we were scoring goals for fun. It's a mindset. It's a mindset thing. I, I do agree there is a bit of fragility mindset. I do think they lack. Like someone that'll just galvanise them at the end there and go, lads, just see this through here, dig in, see this through. You know, the Schneiderlin sub was an obvious one. I think that was the right sub. I thought we brought it on to shore it up because we were looking like a bit leggy in midfield. I mean, you could argue should he have should he have kept the Wobie on and took Sigurdsson off because Sigurdsson was looking like a bit of a passenger again second half a little bit. But these are all ifs, muts, ifs buts and maybes, isn't it? I, I think at the end of the day, for me, they deserve at least a point there. I mean, if you look at the stats, Leicester had 16 shots. Six on target, three big chances. We had 11, three on target, two big chances. Against the team that's second in the league and won five on the spin and are scoring goals for fun. We've made them look ordinary today does, and, we've been, and, we've, and we've, we've, we've been robbed at the end there. There's no denying we deserve something from this game. And I sat there and I thought, you know what, one all, this, this is great for us. It's not a massive step, but it's a, it's a small step on the road to recovery. Go into the derby on Wednesday. You can get your heads held high a little bit. You can go in there with a bit more positivity. Silver's made a system change and it's worked. We were compact. They were getting praised by by like by Kyger and, and Tyler and what have you. And you can see that the changes that he made worked in that particular game. And then it's a sucker punch at the end. And it, it was absolutely gutting because you don't accept getting beat at home by Norwich 2-0. You don't accept getting beat by Sheffield United. But... They're almost easier to take than that. Mm. What's happened today? Because you saw us recover. The players playing for the manager still. 
they all put a shift in for me. Whether they were on the game or not, they put a shift in. And that's that's all that you can ask for from, from the players. But I'm like, I'm like you, Pete. I hate all this. Oh, we were unlucky there. You know, should have got should have got something in the game. At times, you want us to just take our make our own luck. Yeah, be men about it. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what you want. Decision goes against you. Take it on the chin. Yeah. And it's put it, so put hard. It in a performance. It's so yeah, hard. To I, take. Agree, I agree. There's a, a mentality issue, but at the same time, like like I said, Tom, Tom Davis launched the ball in the corner, flag games over. Simple. That's not. We we were not. I, I, I go back to the Moyes point. The amount of games I watched under Dave Moyes, you watched, we all watched. Where the John Terry one, where he was like miles offside and he scored, they were smashing on our door and we were hanging on, literally hanging on in a lot of those games. We were trying to get a result. That was not a game today where we were hanging on. We were not hanging on in that game at all. I can understand that point. You know, oh yeah, okay, it's this, it's that. You know, but at the end of the day, we were absolutely well in that game. Sure, but we're, we're fourth from bottom, and I just I don't think it's coincidence. I no. don't think we can put it down to these sort of so-called single. But you know, Wolves are down there. They've won a couple of games. Now the fifth. I mean, that's how tight the league is. Yeah, you know I mean, Arsenal have been dreadful this season. They've obviously got goal scored, but they're in eighth. Yeah, you know I mean, it's it's absolutely the, the league is nuts this season. You know, if you if you go back to the VAR thing we've talked about with Brighton and Spurs, we'd be in the top. We'd be in the top seven. Top seven. Yeah, we're, we're two points off the that, bottom three and six points off Europe, and that's that's, that's how mad the it is. measure of it. But that's the difference. But that. You know, players feed off that. Yeah. You, know, you get a, a couple of things go your, you know, go your own way in, in those games. Which again, which have come out and been said, then we'd be up there. You'd be playing with a different mentality. I agree. Play, no, you're I, I, with I agree. I less agree weight on your back. You're playing with more freedom. And then you, I think Silver can go in that change you there, right? And look at every play. So they'll all be down. And literally turn around and say, "Lads, you put in a shift in there for me today. Mm. Let's go again. Let's go and rectify this against Liverpool." There's your motivation there. But it, 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 but at some point mean? that needs to come. That needs to click. No, I agree with what you're saying, but I, I think I don't think you can massively over criticise the players there today. You know, they were massively criticising rightly so against Norwich because they did they, they thought they would walk into that game and just walk through them. Everyone did. Even the fans turned up think we're gonna win this easy. We all did, including the players, and they put in a non NC performance. If they'd have put that performance in against Norwich, they would have won the game easy. But obviously we thought we were gonna walk through that and then go into the Leicester game. And you know, <sighs> It's just absolutely gut wrenching that they've lost that game in the last minute. I'm, I'm not critical of, of the performance. I'm not critical of the team selection. Not particularly critical of the subs. But I think for me, watching us over 90 minutes, it was clear that we're still really lacking a striker. I mean, other than Richarlison, there wasn't anyone for me that provided an outlet or a threat. And I think if there's a better striker in that team, we score one of those, you know, three or four really solid, good quality chances we had in the second, I mean, second half. I, I we, totally we, agree with that. We, we haven't, we haven't totally mentioned this, but it was a great goal by Charles and Money, and we've seen it time and again with him. Oh, mate, he attacked that. He attacked that. He attacked that aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. He said, I'm having that. Doesn't he, care, does he? No, he's got to be brave to throw yourself in there. Massively brave, because like he could get clattered. You know, the guy could head, head, headbutt him. He basically, I'm having that. So and, he and it was a great ball. Great ball again. We saw exactly the same goal. Almost against Southampton, yeah. wasn't it? Mm. Obviously, slightly different. I mean, great run from Calvert Lewin as well. Yeah, yeah, he took two yeah. with him to the near post. But yeah, you've got to you've got to praise it. Gave Schmeichel absolutely no but chance. That, that, that's why Richardson's the most important person in that side for me, and that's why whether he's on form, he's sulking or whatever, you need him in that side because he's, he's he's a threat. Time and that's and why again. you've rightly got a of contract. Course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. But like you say, if we have a centre forward in there with a little bit more mouse, a little bit more natural. Then maybe we do take those chances early on because there was a couple from crosses from corners mm. where 
someone's in there you know who, who is in someone with a bit of finishing quality yeah, yeah, but look at, yeah we've said this before look, look, at, look at Arsenal where would Arsenal be without Aubameyang yeah. yeah where would they be without Aubameyang I mean he scored two again today yeah. I mean so yeah, that's the difference at this level now yeah, I agree with you I mean, I, we said it on a pod weeks ago saying what worries me here and I think I said it and I think you two were a bit like yeah well wait, let's wait and see what the, these, this Keane's like and I said that where's the goals in this team because Sigurdsson and, and uh, Richardson both got double figures last season now Richardson will probably go on and get double figures mm-hmm. again Sigurdsson won't yeah. Sigurdsson will be nowhere near that you know, and a few of those were pens obviously as well last yeah. season mm-hmm. so you know, that's, that, there's, there's your lack of goals Straight away, and we haven't got a forward like you said. That's an out-and-out predator that looks like he's just going to basically score goals or minimum double figures. We haven't got that, and we've always said it and we harp on about it, but we've never replaced Roman, have we? Mm-hmm. We've never replaced him. We, we, you need someone in there that's going to get you minimum fifteen goals as a centre forward, and that's again, you know, going back to we're going to touch on Brands now in, in the next section. Is is that Brands' fault? Are you pointing the finger at Silver here because Silver would certainly say, look. I need, I need, I need a, a full, well, a striker here like someone at least of a Giroud standard that's got a proven goal scoring record, mm. and he hasn't even got that, has he? He's got kids. You know what I mean? Well, we are, we are going to move on. We are going to move on to Marcel Brands in, in a second. Um, I want to end this little bit with one question, and, and I just want a one word answer. Okay, Marco Silva will he be in charge for the derby? Pete, going to give you. Don't be getting splinters on your backside, Peter. Three-word answer. Hope so. Yeah, I will. I think it will be. Isn't that two words? I hope so. Oh, oh right. <laughs> you think he will? No, I think he will be. I think he'd be stupid to sack the manager now. In the, with these congested fixtures coming up, I think it'd be. I think it'd be ludicrous. I think the players have shown enough there that they can play for him. You know, we've got a decimated squad here, and we're fighting on all fronts. And I, I think they've put enough in there to show. Show the fans. I mean, look, let's have it. I was texting a guy there who was at the game. This is the best one word answer I've ever heard. I'm passionate about it, right? I was texting a guy who was at the game there today and I said, what, what, was, what was the crowd like? He said, the crowd were absolutely immense. And he said, not one of them called for his head at the end. So what does that say? That's that's what, three, how many we taking there? Three, four thousand down there today? Yeah. I, I think, um, it, I think what, yeah. It does, what it shows about our fans, regardless of what you, you read on social media and what you may hear, that's what you've got some part. I think away fans are slightly different in a way, mm. but I think we've got a little bit of class. And they know today it wouldn't have paid to be on the managers back at all. Um, let's see. Let, let's see what happens, obviously, before the derby. But stick with us and we'll be back in about, about 30 seconds to discuss Marcel Brands. back to the second part of this week's Unholy Trinity podcast. We're going to have a, a conversation about the, the role of Marcel Brands because in obviously recent days, in the last well, last week to 10 days or so, a lot of talk about the manager potentially changing and you know what does Marcel Brands actually do in regards to that? You know, the, There's too much interference from Bill Kenwright and this, that and the other. And I think the well, I like to start off with is that I don't think anyone knows in terms. There's a lot of lot of commentary about well, Marcel Brands is is in these board meetings, but he doesn't get involved with this. I'd sit here and say, how do you know? 
it's all I'd, it's all I'd start things off with. I don't know what what you think, but he came in with a bit of a fanfare, and and he's now being questioned quite heavily. Yeah, yeah, massively. I mean, I'm glad he came out and said something. I mean, albeit left it like just before the press and before Marco came in. <laughs> I think he should have come in a lot sooner than that. Um, a lot of people are spouting out saying that's because the board split and saying that um, obviously Ken Wright is on one side and then Mashiri and Brands are on the other. Um, for me, uh, whether that's true or not, because let's be honest, none of us really know. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter what the club say either, because the club sort of dis- tried to dispel that. Um, said you know both both Mashiri and Ken I say as strong as you've ever been kind of thing and they dispelled that but none of us know none of us know I mean you know certain certain informed journalists may may say say certain things but I think the only people that know are the people who are sitting in that boardroom after the game against Norwich and um, you know I can imagine you know I think we can all imagine Bill being probably a bit of a romanticist saying he wants his mate Davey back and things like that but at the end of the day Mashiri owns the club he's got the most shares and for me, Brands is director of football. He's been he's been appointed to be essentially director of football in charge of the club. You know, in, in charge of the transfers, in charge of the, you know whether the manager comes or goes. You know, he's the one who's closest to all. He's in train. He's in the training ground every day. Like he said, he goes to he goes to the dressing room after every match. He's judging all. He's watching all that. It's funny how all this criticism comes out, doesn't it? That didn't exist in the summer. In the summer, the guy was a genius. Mm. Even after the transfer window, when. We sort of said it was to say a seven or eight out of ten. We definitely missed out on the centre half and and potentially an, an experienced centre forward. So we scored it sort of averagely. It wasn't as good as last season. No, no, it, it wasn't. wasn't it like, wasn't. Yeah, that was a revelation. He came in and he brought in you know some top players, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He, he improved did. the team. He did, but he still you know he wasn't getting overly criticised. People still went to the season feeling positive about the side that we had and who we brought in and. You know, like you say, Peter, it just goes hand in hand with the negativity mm. surrounding the club at, at this moment in time. And I don't think anyone's sort of devoid from negativity, you know, whether it be Ken Rice, whether it be uh, Mishiri, uh, Marcel Brands, Denise Barrett Baxendale's been getting a little bit of stick. Everyone's looking for a scapegoat. Duncan Ferguson, yeah. yeah they, you know, they're, they're all on, on the list. But, you know, if Marcel Brands has been in his director of football, which he had, and he's very, very experienced in that field, then I think it's. I think we're, we're probably daft to almost ask what he does do because as far as I'm concerned he's in charge of football and matters. It's, it's well, as simple as that. Really, the criticism it? that's coming out is, mm-hmm. is largely baseless, isn't it? Because he, he's not a, a huge sort of public figure for the club. You don't mm. have a great understanding of his day in and day out working. So what, what have people got to go on to criticise him by? Mm. I, no, think, I, I, I think I think he's, we've been after him for a while. Yeah, I said this to you on the phone the other day, Mike, didn't I? I said... When when uh, Chelsea came into money and when City came into money and obviously you know turned into what they are now, then they both got that wrong, you know because your recruitment off the pitch is just as good as your, just as important sorry as your recruitment on the, on the pitch, and you know it's only when City actually brought in the personnel that sits behind the club if you like to run it that they started seeing improvements on the pitch. They they all you know this, you look at Chelsea they sign people all these what was it Kesman and people like they started mm. throwing money around everywhere didn't they these you know European stars inverted commas and they eventually got it right and that takes time and it's we're seeing the same you know the, the sort of pains of growth if you like if you want to call that when you come into a bit of money you know Brands has been brought in with a reputation I think he always speaks very well when he comes on I think people listen because I think he, I know, he knows what he's talking about he's done the role for God knows how many years on the continent so he knows the role inside out he's building for a long term project but obviously, we all want now because we're fans. You know, I mean, mm. Southall came out and said that himself. You know, this is we've got to be thinking this is a long-term project. Back the team, and to be fair, 
again, you know, the fans again have gone up, travelled away saying really back the sides today. So we can't panic. We can't panic. He's come out today and he's actually said, oh, when he, when he came out, sorry, on Friday, and he, and he publicly backed the manager saying, look, we, we, we stick by Marco. And he, the, the words he used were, after the Sheffield United game, wasn't it? He said, we went to him, like we always do, and we always meet, because they meet quite regularly apparently, and said, look, what can we do to help you, Marco? And they had a few, obviously, t- team building sessions, where we, and that's when we turned that little bit of a corner, we went on that little bit of a run before the Norwich game. Mm. So, yeah, I think I think he's behind the man. I think, for all we know as well, you know, I've said to you again, Mike, before before we recorded on here, he might be pro silver for all we know. We don't know that. Mm. He's come out and said it publicly, yeah, but we don't know that. Everyone's saying, oh yeah, he's not. That's that's Mashiri's man. That Mashiri wanted him. Brandsell had to bet him. Mm. Brandsell would have met him. I, I imagine several times, not just on a one-off occasion over dinner. They probably met quite a few times to find out about the man. And what his philosophy was, and what he was looking to bring to the club, and then Brands rubber stamped it, didn't he? I think the thing is because of the the question mark over the manager at the moment, people are expecting Marcel Brands to go. Well, I've got so and so in my pocket here, but we can just go and contact him and bring him in. We had this discussion last week where we said about the manager whether he's going to stay, whether he's going to go, um, and the options that were on the table were absolutely horrific. Mm. The, you know all this talk of David Moyes. Mark Hughes was mentioned, um, saw someone mentioned Allardyce, Eddie Howe, people like that. And funny enough, Kadamati was, <laughs> he is, he is uh, up there, uh, even in Danny Barry, like, 150 to 1 or 200 to 1, something like that. But funny enough, I was outside, I go to Slam Bundy, and I got uh, accosted by Vinnie O'Connor. I say I got accosted, I spotted him when I was parking the car. So I should have, I should have been turning left, but I turned right to go towards Vinnie O'Connor to get on Sky Sports. And I said all this to Well, yeah, we yeah we go back we go back at least half an hour, um, but I said to to Vinnie O'Connor at the time, and a lot obviously a lot of things are cut from Sky when you when you're speaking, and I said you know it's all well and good sacking the manager, and I understand the calls for Marco Silva to be gone. I said but the options available are terrible. I said why why are we going to be settling for mm. David Moyes, Mark Hughes, people like that? The only person I'd even look into would be Pochettino. But let's get let's get real. He's not going to come to us. So what are we going to achieve by sacking the manager at this moment in time? And I think people just think that Marcel Brands has got this magic wand and when every kind of dilemma comes up, whether it be players on the pitch, whether it be manager, coaches, whatever it might be, he just waves his magic wand and he rectifies everything and that, that that's Marcel Brands' job. So when, when he didn't put a name in the hat, the people, well, well, we think he hasn't. When we don't hear about him putting a name in the hat for, the, for a new manager and... You know, there's all this talk and noise, and why, why isn't Marcel Brands just shooting them all down? How do we don't know. Yeah. Oh, he's he not. Might well be. We don't know. What, what's he doing? Yeah. What's he doing? Yeah. What's he employed for? It's, it's just, it's we crazy. don't know. We it's don't crazy. know the conversations that are going no. on. Now, now, some people have come out and said, like after the, you know, the um, the Sheffield United game, that's when he should have been out there looking. That's when he should have been thinking. You know what? If this gets any worse, I've got like you just said, Mike, a little rabbit out of the hat. Yeah, looking at I'll just pull this this wonder manager out. Look, it's very, very difficult to get a manager mid-season unless they're obviously, you know, uh, out of a job. Yeah. So that's very difficult. The best time to recruit the best manager is obviously normally in the summer. Yeah. So you know whether Marco stays or goes or what, you've got to give him for me. Unless we absolutely end up in a dogfight, you've got to give him that time till then. You've got to because there's no manager now that could come right in now with that squad that's decimated for me and get that much out of it. Look at Mourinho; he's gone in at Spurs. They've inherited some, some easy games. But they've still got 
the core of their quality squad there, and he's got a different tune out of him. That's yeah. different. You're bringing in a manager who's, you know, who's one, arguably one of the most successful managers of the modern period, and you've got you know some quality players that you can work with. I think it was That's a t- completely different scenario, isn't it? Tony Scott was on a City Talk earlier this week, was he? And he said, "I don't see how bringing in a new manager rectifies the problems that we've currently got." So basically, we're gonna we're not gonna be any better off by replacing Marco Silva. And let's get it. I mean, I don't want this to turn into another discussion about Marco Silva's future, but let's get it right. There's been a lot of things which haven't gone right for him in regards to injuries and people that he wanted to bring in and stuff like that. Go on, Pete, you've got to, you've got to start us up here. I was going to say, it's an interesting thing for us all to, to look at. So, Arsenal have just sacked Emery. Mm-hmm. Here's the, the list of candidates. So, number one, uh, Allegri. Mm-hmm. So, he's, he's top odds, you know, fair enough. But after that, next is Lundberg. Who's, who's currently there. Okay. Arteta. Arteta. But, but Lundberg, no management experience. Again, Arteta, he had a great pedigree, no management experience. Then Pochettino, which, he won't go there. again, seems unlikely. Then Brendan Rodgers. Yeah. So look, if this is Arsenal's shortlist, and this is the situation they find themselves in, we're going to be in exactly the same boat, with more or less exactly the same shortlist, bar David Moyes, who well, it feels like every Evertonian is saying, mm. you know, by well, listening well, to fans and looking at the graffiti... Mm-hmm. Is another, Vieira as well is a non-starter they've been in with Vieira as well he's another unproven manager you know referee in the non-starter league in in, in the States so so, yeah. so Blues need to be realistic about the, yeah. you know not just the situation Everton are in but the situation that modern football's in when you sack a manager midway through a season yeah and if, if that's Arsenal's list I would love to see Watford's list yeah because they're now in a situation again where they've let their minds go yeah. Um, well yeah the second coming of Flores and that that's ended quite. We quickly. don't want to turn into them. Do we, we don't. And that's, I mean, I mean, they've, they've reappointed Flores, just showing that it doesn't work going back after a manager. I can yeah. tell you, Watford's list. Oh, go on. He's got no, it. Number one, two to seven on Chris Hutton. Classic. Paul Clement. Oh. Sam Allardyce. Oh, top names. Martin O'Neill. Next one's a cracker. Tony Pulis. Oh, so is he still? Is he still oh, going? Tony Pulis. I haven't seen him for a couple yeah, of years. Tony. Then Neil Warnock. Surely, Enough said. surely Alan Cairns, he's knocking down that list as well. I haven't seen him for many years. What's, what's, he, what's he doing? I thought we'd rid we'd, we'd the game of all these kind well, of That tells you everything there. You've, and we're in the middle of that, aren't we? Yeah, we're somewhere in yeah. between. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So, look, I said to you as well, mate, that you know, at the end of the day, Brand, Brands has been, he's, he's been brought in, he's got a great reputation, he's well thought of, he's got the contacts in, in, in the scouting world as well with the agents and that. He's building now. For the next three, five years, but basically, let's just say until the stadium. So we can, when we go into that stadium, let's hopefully we'll have a decent squad to play. And we have to f- find a way between now and then to try and grow. And you know, this season's been a bit of a disaster because I think I know you can call it mentality, people, what you've saying before, but we've been absolutely decimated. The squad, you know, you said it, you called it, and I disagreed with you at the time, but I agree with you now. We had a better squad, or first eleven, sorry, last season mm-hmm. than we did this season. Definitely, yeah. You know, is that again? Do we point the finger a bit at Brands there because we sold Gay? But I mean, look, look, we promised him if someone like PSG comes in, you're not going to keep a player. Zuma, we went all out for apparently we just couldn't get him. So we are, we are a weaker side. And but the biggest killer for me, the biggest killer, and Neville's come out and said it, and people like that, is we just we haven't got goals in the team. We haven't mm. got, we haven't been absolutely panned this year for me. We haven't been every game. There's been a lot of tight games where I think if we had a goal scorer, we probably could have nicked a few of those, and we haven't got one. And we need to go out. Whether it's, we've got three loans available in January, three loan spots, um, 
I can guarantee you will be going out to get a couple of experienced strikers. I think, I think you'd like, whether it's one or two is, is obviously something... Like, like Manzoukis or Giroud or some, people like yeah, that. Something which is up for question. I think that we will enter the low markets in, in January and that's that'll be a discussion obviously for another, another podcast. But Marcel Brands, you know, people say that he doesn't particularly get involved with the January transfer window. I think he's going to have to. Needs to. Because of, because of injuries more than anything and the fact we missed out on two key positions in, in the summer. I think he's going to have to and that, that's where we will see Marcel Brands coming to his own. And People, we, we've said this before, like we said, we've got, you've got to trust the manager and I know it's, it's hard as of late and, and, and we get all that but you've got to trust Marcel Brands to do his job. He's been brought in, he, he's done it for many, many years at a variety of clubs. He's trusted. And one message I'd like people to sort of take home is that no one knows on a day-to-day basis no. what this man is doing. No one knows what he's saying in the boardroom. No one knows what his opinions are on the current manager. On He's very guard as well, isn't he? I mean, yeah, uh, Andy said that Alpev said no one can get any rumours out of him. You have to go through his yeah, secretary basically to get anything done. He's very much yeah. a closed book because... In the field that he's involved in, in the job that he's got, he's got to be a closed book because we don't want things getting publicised. So, you know, Big Derek, who, who sits in the paddock, is saying that Marcel Brands has got no backbone because he won't say he doesn't want David Moyes. How do you know? How do you know? You know, it's all speculation. It's all social media rumour. All I would say is take everything on face value. He's an expert at what he does. And let's just trust him to get on with his job. He needs, for me, he probably if Ken Wright's still hovering about... It probably will cause a bit of an imbalance. He's still a shareholder, so he's probably still got to say, granted. But we need to give more autonomy to brands for me. We might already be, we don't know that. But I think as a director of football, I do think he needs to be left to just go, look, you run, you run the shit, mate. You run it. He's at, like I said, he's at every, at every game moment away. He's in the changing room. He's on the training ground every day. You know, he's he's seen it day in day out, isn't he? Mishiri's not seeing that. Yeah. Bill's not really seeing that. And that's why you know he, I mean? he's been so, brought in for that. He's the football man. The whole, the whole. He's been put onto the board for a reason. Well, he's the only. He's that's, that's a rarity as well. Yeah. You know, very few directors of football actually sit on the board. So that's how highly thought of yeah. he is. He's come in, and in no time, he's actually not only obviously being director of football, he actually sits on the board and has a voice there as well. Yeah. So yeah. you know. We do need to give him time to develop it. We've been linked with this, you know, this we've been linked with another South American, haven't we? Um, Everton. Not Everton, obviously. I don't know whether that'd be uh, that'd be interesting. It's, it? I've said this before. Why are we linked like, with a young lad from from Flamengo though? One of their forwards or something, haven't we? We've been linked with like some. Um, they were talking about it in the week, saying oh, we're trying to agree a deal with him. So that's what that's what I'm trying to say. That's the type of side he's, he's got, looking to get, isn't he? He's got scouts, hasn't he, in South America? That's yeah. why that this is what Marcel Brands has brought in. You know, when obviously there was the, the, the young kid, uh, Flamengo, I think it was, and obviously the, uh, the manager as well. Surface this week. Everton's right? last day or so, apparently, a fee's been agreed and, and personal terms have been agreed. It's up to Gremio whether what they want to let him go. And I said it time and again, that is an absolute marketing dream because every <laughs> single song has got his name in. So I imagine the share sales for that because it did, it did go through the roof. If you, if you paid 30 million for him, you get 30 million pounds back in the first week on share sales. I'll tell you now. So he is a talent, but it's whether he can do it exactly. In the season, if that's the problem, which is a discussion for another day. But like I say, Ma- well, that's Mar- the type of thing he's saying. He is, he is, and Ma- Marcel Brands does does his job. And pe- speculation is never good, and it's only really come about because of the current the current negativity around the club. Is all I'd say. Um, but take just take him on face value. But we'll wrap things up there in regards to Marcel Brands because we're going to look ahead to. The Merseyside derby, unfortunately, um, and also the visit of, of Chelsea at the weekend.
of this week's Unholy Trinity podcast where we're going to look ahead to first of all the, the Merseyside derby on Wednesday before we have a quick look at the, the visit of Chelsea. Uh, in a first of the podcast we, we brought on someone from the opposition against our better judgments, someone we've known for many many years and that's that's Paul Stanley. Paul, I say thanks for coming on the show but uh, I was 50-50 minutes late to come in come through the front door to be honest <laughs> <laughs> and you said off there if you do say something which we don't like people cut you off I'm just getting edited yeah 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 so we could also just mute everything yeah. I say is getting edited everything you say can be cut out as well so just be careful what you say but no thanks for coming on we do appreciate it it's hard for us in the position that we're in at the moment in the position that Liverpool are in at the moment to, to sort of get an opposition view on but you know your side better than we do. Um, it seems pretty simple for us, really. Liverpool are, are flying in regards to results. But what I'd say is Liverpool are probably a little bit more vulnerable than they were last season, especially defensively. Yeah, very much so, yeah. We've um, haven't had top gear at all, but we just seem to be picking up the results we need. But a lot like the United teams and City teams over the years, we play like champions, even though we haven't won it. We are picking up the results that we need to to get where we are today. Hopefully, it continues and we can uh, get that first Premier League title. What do you think the difference is, without going into sort of too much depth in regards to Liverpool as a whole? What's the difference this season compared to last season? Because, like you say, it's not so much a case of Liverpool aren't probably as, as free flowing as they were, and you can see the more goals than you were doing last season, but. You, like you say, you're, so, you're almost playing like champions elected. You're like, and you, you're not, you know, you, you grind that results when really you should be, should be dropping points. I just think they're going into games thinking we, we can't get beat here. No, there's so much, Klopp's drilled into them that they're so much better than the teams they're playing against. And they just don't look like they're going to get beat. Even going into the 90th minute, drawing or even against Villa, we were five minutes away from getting beat there. And we won the game. It's just drilled it into them that they just don't get beat. It's, it's, been, that, it's been that long since we got beat that the players just don't know what it feels like anymore. They just win games. Well, do whatever they have to do to win games. Funny we started the podcast by talking about the same thing in regards to Everton and how that's really lacking at the moment. The mentality side, it, it, and I think it's a big thing of football, isn't it? You know, when I'm well, just I'm, in sport, mate. In yeah. Top level sport mentality is everything. You know, that's the difference between winning yeah. and losing. You know what I mean, it is. You know, from our point of view, looking at you. It's been a while since I've seen you play good football. I don't watch you a lot, but what do you see on telly? It's been a while. Today was probably the best I've seen you play. I'm coming into the derby. If you set up like that, not allowing a lot of space for the opposition, you know, it'll be harder for us to win than, than we've found it over the last few months. I think we've done all right. If you look at the Anfield game last season, right, and we had our first choice midfield then, I think Gomez especially... Was arguably the best, arguably best player on the pitch, wasn't he? You know what I mean? Yeah, and you know, obviously, the game. I mean, obviously, it was what it was at the end. Let's not talk about that. Everyone knows what happened, but I thought that's the best. I've, 
that's, that, that, that's the best I've seen us play at your gap. I mean, football-wise, not going there and just to defend. Yeah. We had a bit of a go as well. Do you know what I mean? And we yeah. probably could have... Well, Gomez missed a sitter as well as playing well, didn't he, as well? That's, that's the worry, though, isn't it? We're not going to be able to go there and play there that way this time. I think it's going to be very similar to the rest of the game, isn't it, in terms of... I think we'll set up with three centre-halves again. I think It'll be 5-4-1 again, I think. It will be. Because, you know, we, we won't sign down Liverpool, Liverpool space and we're going to be compact. And obviously, a lot of Liverpool's goals come from the two on the wing, don't they, in terms of, well, the wing-backs, Robertson, yeah. Alexander-Arnold, the con- they're a constant threat. If I'm Marco Silva, if he's still there, which we've always been down that road, I'm saying to Sadibi and Luca Dean, you don't need their side. Wherever they go, you go. It's as simple as that. I think we just do what we did. I think Leicester have got two good full-backs as well. And I, I think by, by basically pushing on, especially Sadibi today, that forces the opposition back. I mean, Napoli have given a little window in how to beat you guys. They played yeah, really well at their gap and they played well at yours the other day. You know what I mean? If your full-backs push up trying to do that, you, you leave space for our front three to go into and our full-backs to go into. But I think your full-backs, though, if, if you're... Obviously, they're always really, really high. So if you're then saying to Lucadine and Sadibi, just, just stay with them. Wherever they come in, obviously, into our half, stay with them. I think you're going to leave them. Where, where we've done better, Everton, in, say, the last, say, 12 months... We went up on a on a really good run last season, the back end of last season against the better sides. It's when they allow us some space in behind. So when, when they come on to us, yeah, come on to us because it happened a few times today. Richarlison showed it; he got a bit of space. It will be Moise Keane for me is going to come in. Moise I think Keane the will difference come in. last season with that run though was you had you had every time you broke. You always had Gay there to to kind of oh, yeah. sweep up. You yeah. haven't got that now, so you are more vulnerable when teams attack you well, I think that's a fair point Yeah, I do think that's a fair we've argued on this pod before our first 11 is arguably weaker without him and Zuma oh, well, you know I mean? was doubt yeah, it is yeah um, so I is... don't think you're looking at I don't think you're capable of going on that sort of run like you were last year because you've got to set up totally different when he's not in the team he, he was arguably your best player last year and now he's gone definitely look at the performances he's, he's putting in across Europe yeah yeah, he's a quality. He's a great quality, and, and he's one of those players you, you don't, or a lot of people don't, truly value his quality until he's gone. When you lose a player like that from your side, yeah, then you really see. No, if we've lost Fabinho, who arguably does the same job, he'd be a massive. Miss. I was about to say that, Stan. I want to get your yes. opinion on that. So the way you play the you know, four three, yeah, three set, up, that 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 pivot role is crucial, isn't it? To yeah, any, yeah. To any, I mean, oh, yeah. we bought Gabamin to play that role, and obviously we've lost him after two games, but. Fabinho, we had a bit of a slow start, but he's he's been he's been arguably one of your best players, hasn't he? Oh yeah, because you know when we when we're putting pressure on a team, we we play with like two at the back. You just leave Van Dijk and Lovren there. Fullbacks push up. Fabinho just sits in the centre circle, and you've got Wijnaldum and Henderson supporting the three up front. So so you've got like seven going forwards against you. Mm. Who's got? He'll sit there. He'll sit there instead of Fabinho. Uh, I think he'll play Chamberlain, to be honest. Well, have Hendo drop Hendo off. Hendo will probably play yeah. that role. You know, it's a derby, so he might play Milner instead. Uh, Do you not think he'll play the two? Henderson and Milner? If, if he does, it, goes that, that, yeah, if he does it'll be them two sitting, I think. Or, you know, one will sit and one will go forwards and they'll alternate and, and Chamberlain will just play just behind the front three, I think. What does Fabinho give you? Is he obviously not just his ability to move rep? He's good on the ball as well, yeah. yeah. His passing range is quite decent. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic player. Yeah. Fantastic. He's been probably our player of the season. After Mane, I'd say. Yeah. Our player of the season. So important. How long? We've heard you all then. Listen, that's the front someone. 
he's a joking by the way he's overrated to death though I adore your opinion is but he's I think he's absolutely he's, he's just you he's don't want his opinion on this Oh, I don't know what your opinion is. You can, you can by all means come in on that, but I think I think he's not a gifted footballer. He'll run all day for you while he's fit. He's good at shouting. He's got, I mean, he's a, he is a leader. He's, he picks up that. He's a manager's dream, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's a manager. He's got a chip on his shoulder, hasn't he? He's got a chip on his shoulder. He has, but he's a man. He's yeah, a manager. He's like Phil, I say like Phil Neville, basically equivalent. Well, all the best captains, not quite as gifted though. All the chip on the shoulder. You've always had that bit of aggression you need. No, you don't want a soft touch being your captain, do you? Yeah, but he's, he's, just, he's overrated. He's ca- anyway, he's kind of the team. The team's side. got better and he's stayed in that team. He's evolved with them and he's kind of like. He's he's improved if the team's improved and he does fit in well into that and he'll run all day for you. And he, uh, he's no, he's, he's no Bino in that role. But he's, he's got his own qualities, well. hasn't he? And, and obviously, I know I'm, saying, I'm having a bit of a laugh and a joke on that, but I don't particularly agree him. But obviously, he's got his own qualities in that side. but in terms of obviously what 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 we're going to do and as as i said i do think we'll set up the same way as we did today whether whether or not we we think snarden comes back and i think he probably will because you need someone to, to be deep lying really because it showed today with tom davis and sigurdsson really in the middle sigurdsson wasn't disciplined today the problem with playing sigurdsson there is that defensive stuff doesn't come natural to him does it so therefore we did look a little bit exposed when we lost it in transition um, so yeah, I do think Schneiderman will come in. Um, he can be a bit of a, a liability as he proved against Norwich. But one thing he will do is he will just sit there and have, you know, Hoover stuff up. He will be disciplined compared to them, some of the others. Um, but you know, I, as weird as it sounds, we obviously I think we've played pretty well today. That's the best we've played in a while against a decent side. Silver's got to be saying to those boys, like I said before, going in the changes there, saying, lads, you played well today. Now get out there and let's let's have a go again uh, against these on Wednesday. Because when you lose a game like that, it's absolutely gutting. But you just want another game straight away, don't you? You know what I mean? We've not been annihilated, have we? But him, Darby's a good one to get into. Well, you can't. You don't have to motivate yeah, people for that. Lose situation, I really. Yeah. yeah you, your record's that poor against us. No one's expecting you to get it. Not the game. Silver's, you know, arguably a dead man walking already. If you get anything out of the game. It'd be typical of Everton to go and win then after a bat. You've oh, had this run, you've yeah. had this run, haven't you? You know what I mean? I've been saying that, especially with Adrian in goal. Yeah, that's another big loss as well, losing Allison then, because he's obviously not great with his feet, yeah. is he? You know what yeah, I mean? He hasn't kept a clean sheet on field, does he? Yeah. You Allison. Allison. No, Allison. Yeah. Uh, overrated as well. One, one thing I wanted to mention, Stan, you, um, you talked about obviously without it in full gear. I, I, I definitely agree with that, but you are managing to get over the line in some of these games. Salah, a uh, few of my um, loose mates, shall we say, who are Reds, um, basically... Uh, <laughs> do, you want, do you want to expand on the loose bit? No, 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 you hear me. But anyway, there was still, Salah's been getting quite a bit of criticism. Um, obviously, he's not hit anywhere near the heights, which was a high level before that. What's your thoughts on the way Salah's been playing for you? I don't think he's been fit, to be honest. I know he's got this apparent ankle injury. He's been carrying an injury, yeah, and, and it just doesn't cause... Because they're so desperate to win the league, there just hasn't been an opportunity to rest them. You know, if we'd have beat Napoli and we had the luxury of going to Salzburg already won the group, there's no way he'd have travelled. Um, You've got to go win then, have yeah, you? Yeah, we've got, well, we've got, we need a draw, really. Um, and then we've got Watford at home. What do you play in that? Don't know. You know, the bottom of the league can't get a win from anywhere probably would have been a good idea to rest a couple of players before we go over to 
uh, World Club Cup. But for what he's done for us over the last couple of years, it's unfair to, to criticise him just for having for not not scoring every game. You know, he's still got a good record this season. Um, and when he's not playing well, you've still got my. They, they seem to alternate. They don't ever play well at the same time, but yeah. they just seem to. When one of them one of them's good enough to, to kill teams off, so if the if one of them's playing all right, we seem to pick up the results. I think Manny's the biggest concern for me. Charlie always keep... scores the spawning goal against so that one again. Well, even that's, that's it. even that's when Goodison that came off the post when he skewed yeah, it, yeah. you know, he scuffed the shot. It was a Hendo it hit it. So I mean, uh, came off the inside of the post and he yeah. just like happened to be there in the ninety fifth minute and knock yeah. it in. Yeah, yeah but, but Manny's Manny's really difficult to to keep quiet, I and mean, we we know obviously Liverpool play with this this three pronged attack and if, if Manny's not firing for me he was going to be firing and yeah. you know I think it's it's going to be it's going to be difficult obviously to, to stop Liverpool scoring really difficult um, it's not a case of like you play against Tottenham if you keep Kane quiet you know that's a lot of the, mm. the job done or keep Aubameyang quiet a lot of the job done you've got to keep all three of them quiet yeah it's difficult it's difficult but what I'd say is as much as we're on such, you know, such a poor run and you know, dropping points against Sarge, we shouldn't be dropping them against. If there's one game a year, you, you shouldn't need any kind of team sort or any kind of lifting from the manager or what have you. Is is the Merseyside derby for me? And you know, the likes of Mason Holgate. You know, last time he played on field was when he shoved Firmino over the horns, which was which was great. Which was great. <laughs> no, and and you know, with all due respect, as much as yeah, if that was the other way around, we'd be calling for Firmino's head and so on. But that's what I want to see. Is that kind of stuff. I want to see. I want to see that again. Yeah, I want to see. Take, it. take all the local lads out of the derby and it loses a touch of it. It does. And there's, yeah, there's not many now, isn't there? Not you know, many. I mean, Holgate is is one of the locals as you can probably get now, and he's from Yorkshire. You got obviously got Tom Davis. You know, Leighton Baines featured in the squad for the first time in a number of weeks today. You know, who's Liverpool got? He's Alexander Arnold's the only one, and he's never a fan as well. So you you know you probably get given it hundred percent really. But um, they, yeah, that that but he can be got. You know, go and go and talk about Trent. Yeah, I mean, he's limited to think. You know, Gomez yeah. played against Napoli for a reason the other day because they were worried about obviously how exposed Trent can be. I think defensively, don't get me wrong. I think he's very good going yeah, forward. Exactly. He's got a great ball yeah. on him. But you know, he, that can be got out as well. I mean, Dean, who's he's very young. He's still he's, he's probably one of the best right backs in the country, but if not in Europe, but he's just he has still got that. Naivety about him, where he has got a mistake in him, he switches off in certain moments where you need him to keep his, his eye on things. But he suits, you know, he suits your side. He's better go forwards, I'd say, than he is a defender. Yeah, I mean, Klopp doesn't trust him in certain games, does he? Which is lucky because we, we play so far forward with them. He hasn't got a lot of defenders, too. Mm, yeah. And yeah. Van Dijk is, is like three defenders in one. Yeah, he's, he's been a top signing for you to be fair. Yeah. But we got Funes Mori over him, so we obviously uh, <laughs> absolutely uh well, we called the four decks of three million, wasn't it? So we signed Funes Mori. We went after Funes, yeah. He's like, yeah. yeah. Let's not talk about that. We could talk real about twenty players like that. <laughs> but um, no, I, I just think you're looking at vulnerabilities, Mike, you touched on it there. I do think um you can score against Liverpool this season. I know you do a lot of attacking but I think yeah, they have yeah, they have been they have been fragile at the back. Obviously, the keeper missing, that's a big one because, you know, Adrian's made some howlers as well with his feet. We've got to test them, um, though. We've got to be in a position to test them. There's been, as much as people are sort of, you know, from Liverpool fans' point of view, yeah, you know, the, the second choice keepers coming in. I've seen so much on Twitter over the last couple of days since, uh, well, since this guy card, sorry, that saying, well, it's all well and good having your second choice keeper in, but we're not going to test them. We're going to have a shot yeah. on goal. And that's, and as much as we sit here, I think the game was very similar today. 
No, he won't start with Sue Offrow. He went to, he went to five three two, didn't he today when he made the changes and yeah, when he, 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 he had Keane and Richard Arsenal front and he, he did do that. I don't think at the start of the game that will happen. It'll be very much a case of whether you're asking Carl Butler or Moise Keane to be that that sole striker. You know, you've got to put a shift in for an hour and just literally run, run the backsides off and, and put Van Dijk and Lovren under a bit of pressure, get get down the channels and, you know, get in behind your full-backs as well. Like, like back in the day, yeah, Andy Johnson's used to do, or like your Marcus Benz, people like that used to get down the channels, mm-hmm. you know, and when you're pushing so high up, that's what they've got to do. Um, I, th- I don't get wrong, I, don't, I know you're saying, you know, the game will be very similar to today, I reckon. I think they'll have mo- you'll have most of the ball. I think we'll be looking to stay, stay compact, stay solid. And then just try and try and count, and we've got to be a threat on the count like yeah. we were today. I mean, if you was, if I was to say to you, is there anyone in that team that you worried about? I mean, I thought Richardson took that goal well today. But I think he's got a goal in him. No, I, mean? I, was, I was just about to say this. Then you know, normally years gone by, you do look they haven't seen before you played him. You think who would you want injured for that game, or who would you want to miss out? And there's not many who you think that we couldn't deal with. You know, Richardson, it's all right. I don't think he's. You know, it's it's really now, but, you know, I wouldn't say Van Dyke couldn't take care of it. There's not many in there who you, who you think you're, you're definitely going to hurt us. The thing with, with uh, Richardson, though, and a lot of people who obviously don't watch every week in, week out, don't see sort of what he does. Richardson can have a bad game and be sulking and doing whatever. Still pop up. But he pops up and scores. He's, he's got he can do not in. more games. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, yeah. he's still and in the top three strikers for Brazil and he's 20, isn't he? Yeah, yeah he's looking in the Brazilian team if you. Garbage, do you? No. But, but I think no. that though, from what you're saying there, that, that almost shows in a way how much we've fallen a little bit in, in, in recent years, you know, because in years gone by, you might say, well, Lukaku, he's a threat, oh, yeah. he's got a goal. Lukaku was, yeah. you know, game yeah. before. Even, even off Barkley, even off Barkley. Well, go, 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 Gomez, Gomez last year. Yeah. It could pop up and do something, yeah. and I think, you know, I hope you are not there. Yeah. Well, Sigurdsson, yeah. he's got a good record against you guys. Yeah, but I don't think he, he's. he's He's out of form, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's out of form. He's not going to score at kill us off. He scored he? a great goal there in the cup last year, didn't he? Um, that was a good, good counter-attack. Under Alabaster a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it wasn't last year, the year before, wasn't it? So, yeah. yeah, that's right. He's got a great yeah. record against Liverpool. He has got, yeah, no, he has, he has got a goal in him. And Siggy, like I said yeah, before, sure, he? he needs to step he's, He needs to step up. And he got a, he got a double finish <laughs> last season. And, um, you know, we need him. We were saying it before the first part of Stan before you came on, that, you know, there isn't much goals in that team at the minute. You know, I mean, we've not really replaced Romelu, and you know, the worst thing you can do is is, is not have a real I goal. I don't threat. think that Calvert Lewin's the answer. I don't think he's, he's he runs all day for you, but he's got no no. I don't, I don't think he's a natural forward. He was a midfielder that's been created into a forward because of his attributes physically. I would but, say they wouldn't have got rid of Lukaku and gone into the season with him up front. But the, the thing with Lukaku, Lukaku's as much as we we do refer back to Lukaku because it's it, it's a. Well, he was your last big. He was, last, he was, was our last goal scoring striker, wasn't he? He got 20 goals, what, two, three seasons? He scored over 70 goals, Trevor. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he was always a threat, wasn't he? But mm. we always go back to him, but that, that's almost like a, a bit but of a special He was another one you thought you looked at him, you thought you don't want him, you don't want him playing in these big No, of course. You know, and, and he's one who, a lot of the time, you know, you'd, you'd see him and, and you know, your sense of that would be thinking, I don't be marking him all game. Yeah. You know, but. That that story's gone. Football's even moved on in the last sort of two or three years. We haven't replaced them. We play a different way now to when we had them anyway. But it is a concern. The lack of goals on the side at the moment is a is a concern. And you don't we don't go into every game. I I don't think we're going to score in this game. And that's that's the problem because we we tend to get to that final third and struggle. 
in terms of creating chances or mm. clear cut chances anyway. And it's whether we can go to Anfield um, and, and obviously put Liverpool under pressure because, as we've said already, they have shown vulnerabilities this year and, and we need to try and take positives from the game against Leicester, although we, we obviously it was it was going to lose the in stoppage time and try and, try and you know, be disciplined as we were today and, and play on the counter and, and try and stay in Liverpool as, as best we can. Um, I mean, it's, you know, you look at people that we were linked with and we you know apparently linked with them, people like Zaha and things like that, you know, they, Zaha and Townsend both caused yeah, yeah. problems every week, didn't oh, they? Yeah. You know, that's the type of player this team's missing, really. It's, yeah, it's a maverick it's like a that. player that you think, I don't want, you know, you get out, you know, you don't want him playing. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's you know, the reason why we went in for him. I mean, he obviously, he would have been overpriced if we'd have paid what they were asking for him in the end. But he is that type of player, really, that you, you face him, he can do anything against you, can't he? He's stinking of a season so far, hasn't mm. he? He has, but we sold for, for mm. the first 10 games. Yeah, his head was massively turned, wasn't it? And whether that was because it, you know, we wanted to come to us or Arsenal, whatever it was, you know, his head was turned. And it's, it's, I'm sure it's difficult for a player when that happens to, to sort of get back into the routine of, of playing for, say, Crystal Palace in this situation. But let's, you know, let's. let's Sort of. Let's finish this little bit on terms of what we think how it's going to go, result wise, and we, we'll start with our guest. Um, what do you think, Paul? Can you see any, anything but a Liverpool win? Predictions? No, I, no, I can't. I can't see us not winning the game. Just, just you know, you only got to look at the form of both teams, haven't you? The, the results we've been grinding out, results you've been failing to get. Uh, I think he'll score because you know, look at look at the the main important positions for us. Fabinho's not there, we've got Lovren at the back who's always got mistakes in him and we've got Adrian in goal. So right through where we need to be solid, we've got problems. So I can't see he's not scoring, but I, I think 3-1, I'd say. Yeah. I'm going to go for Like so happy there, look. <laughs> I think it all depends on the, whether it's windy or not. Remember that? Remember the win that Goodison last season? The win when the corner flags moved half an inch over the course of the uh, of the game. But um, what's your thoughts, mate? I, can't, I just can't see us getting off from the game. I really can't. And I said that about the Leicester game as well last week. And I just think Liverpool just too strong. They're just too strong all over the pitch. And as uh, much as we will be, I think difficult to break down. Again, could be for an hour. Again, it, it could be going into the, the the second half of the second half. I just think they're going to be too strong, and I think it's going to be two 0 Liverpool. Controversial, yeah. and hopefully we do get a shot on target and, and test. I mean, this this is serious. This because put the keeper no, under pressure. Will, mate. Put I put put the keeper under pressure is all I'd say because yeah, you, you know he's. I don't think he's a bad keeper as in at all. He's not a bad shot stopper. No, he's not. He's got, he's got a mistake in him. So, you know, when the ball's going back to him, well, you, you know, I've seen when he, when he come on the other day, the first thing he was dropping the ball. Yeah, yeah. He just looked, he just looked like he... He was cold, wasn't he? He was yeah. cold, so it's, it's hard. And that's and a for keepers, you know, you don't warm up a keeper, do you? No, it's so difficult. So, like that is hard, but... Well, this I just think overall he has got him. If he's not good enough for West Ham, I've got no idea how he's ended up at Liverpool. That Roberto is one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life, that fella. It's <laughs> yeah. yeah. the competition winner, hello. Yeah. Pete? Well, I went for an optimistic 1 1 last week and I was nearly right, so I'm going to go for an optimistic 1 1 again. Nice. And it'll be right, be, uh, right, right one week, though. Yeah. Go on. Gilfie Sigurdsson, I think he's going to maintain his, uh, his good scoring record at Anfield. He needs a goal, then. I, I, I'm going to agree with you, mate. We'll do a re-release after the game. <laughs> I think, I think um, 
I think I think we might get something. I think last season we deserved to get at least a point there last season, and it was obviously the biggest howl you've ever seen in your life at the end. Um, what happened? Without without us going into uh, the specifics of it, but um, look, we're going there with a decimated squad. But I do think I think we've got to go in. It's as weird as it sounds. Obviously, they'll be absolutely hanging the players in the in the dressing room there. I think they can go in there and have and have a go. Uh, I do think we'll absorb a bit of pressure. Um, and I think we can, you know, provided we don't concede early doors, I think it will be because I think the last few have been have all been quite tight, haven't they? Mm. You know what I mean, I mean, when we went there in the Martinez and the, t- the team was all over the show, and we were at that game, and that could have been seven or eight. It's nothing. I don't think it'll be anything. Like that. I think it'll be a tighter game. I do think we'll have a goal threat, like you saying with you with the key uh, guys you've got missing out. Um, I, I'm like EP. I think it'll be one-one, and I can see Richardson getting another goal because I think um, he looks like he's up for it in a minute. Um, I mean, he'd come back from Brazil and was was poor against Norwich, but prior to that, he was he was, he was our best player and he took his goal brilliantly today. So um, I think it'll be one one. One one. Well, I I hope you're in peace. All right. Um, but let's let's see how it plays out. Uh, don't forget live on Amazon Prime for those Amazon oh, yeah, Prime yeah, yeah. subscribers. You know. Um, but we we'll, we'll quickly obviously the the derby comes up first of all on on Wednesday. Um, we go into the weekend then. Against uh, against Chelsea, that got us a nice well kick off. BC Sport that one, um, and Chelsea are a side who under Frank Lampard seems to have turned a bit of a corner. He's got a bit of a free hit this season. He's got young players playing like some Mason Mount, Tamori, obviously Kerzuma has now seems to have settled down, um, and they're doing okay, aren't they? Chelsea they had a bit of a wobble this weekend against West Ham, lost lost one uh, nil. Um, but they had a tight game in Europe, didn't they? Yeah, they did. I mean, Chelsea, Chelsea on the side, that's just a scare me. I don't go into the game against Chelsea thinking, oh, they're going to absolutely run back. They did a few years ago when they were champions and they had, they had real quality and likes of Pedro William was running right, Diego Costa, you know, causing all sorts of problems. And I don't sit here and, and forget about that game, up, so to speak. But obviously, I think a lot depends on how we come out of the derby in terms of if we get walloped 5 or 6 0 heads are down straight away after what's happened obviously against Leicester then obviously Norwich this um, they can be caught at Chelsea no yeah, they, they aren't the team they were I mean everyone's saying oh, Lampard doesn't do great with kids they've still got a really good core team there they've still got Willian they've still got Jorginho they've still got Kante they've still, you know, they've still got some top class players they're not all kids you make it sound like every player's like 19-20 years old you know Pedro as well they, 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 they've got some they've got some class act players there you know, people like Giroud can come in, who's, who's obviously a French international as well. So, you know, whilst he has been playing young kids and almost, you know, but there's only a handful that are in that team. I mean, Abraham's come in, he's done all right, but they create a lot of chances. He misses a lot as well. Yeah. Um, I think so, they've got a great team. I think they, they yeah, just, exactly. So I think what crazy they, Lampard is, is like some sort of genius. I think they're, they're lacking a world class talisman. I think they, you know they've lost Hazard. They've not been able to replace him because of the yeah. transfer ban. They brought in Pulisic, who's you know a work in progress, isn't he? But they're going to go back into the market. Potentially big time in January if that ban's lifted. Um, exactly. Well, everyone they still got the Newcastle a very good squad there. Aren't they? Yeah, everyone thought they'd struggled in the after losing Hazard and having a transfer ban. And you know, early on the season they were hitting this way into Chelsea, and they they seem to have found their feet and say a bit of a wobble last weekend. But they they've definitely got the the Newcastle of a of a decent squad and yeah. a squad who should be fighting for Champions League football. Make make no mistake. But Paul, obviously Liverpool have played them this season already. Um, <coughs> How did he set up against you? What what did you take from the game with Chelsea in terms of what sort of anything positive that they that 
Og det er godt der. Det er det twice, ja. Ja, det er det er det Well, obviously Abraham was—he was a big, big part of their team. He, he runs all over the place. He's big. He's quick. He's got a finish on him. Um, if he's not playing, then you know, the totally, totally different team when he's not there. Well, Giroud, he's not the same player. He's—I he's, think he's miles past his best now. Um, he doesn't get much games handled, does he? No, 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 no. He, they play a different way when he plays because yeah. he holds it up. He doesn't, he doesn't run behind you, does he? Yeah, um, you know, Pulisic, he's on a transfer ban, but he's still got a £60 million new sign in there. Who's quality? He's yeah, he's looked good in the last few weeks. He's done well, hasn't he? Yeah, because he started to see quite slow. He was good against us in the Super Cup. He was excellent. Um, should have had a goal, which is real doubt, but you know, he, was, he was really good. Um, He's got a quick feet. Mason Mount, he, you know, really good in the championship. He started well, um, but he missed Hazard. He was he was such a big player. He was their main main mm. man, and you know, if you don't replace him, you're gonna struggle. But you know, if, if ever there was a year, you'd, I thought Everton could could push on and get into the top four. It was this year. United haven't got anywhere near the same team or management. Tottenham, you know, the Champions League, but they they were struggling. Well, yeah, ma- ma- Chelsea, you have to tell us that, mate. Chelsea, you have to tell us that. We're very much transitioning, aren't we? Do you know what I mean? We're trying to build yeah. the squad. We're trying to build the squad under a new manager, but, but, like you but guys. But when you finish last season with the, with the, the results you had against those teams, you know, you thought if you could struggle, you struggled against the, the lesser teams. You know, like it'd be by Norris. If you if you could beat the if you could beat the big teams, you could you could have pushed up. You know, Chelsea next week is a big game, really big game for you. I think if if you get something out of that game, you know you go on a little run. Yeah, it can kickstart things, can't it? Because how mad that is, isn't it? Yeah, you've then you've then got. Look at Wolves. Wolves were literally fourth and bottom like a few few weeks ago, and now Wolves are like what are they fifth now? They're right up there, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It only takes a few wins. That's that. That's the kind of game, isn't it? I think when you whether it be the derby or Chelsea or what have you, getting something from that kind of game or 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 pick up a win in that kind of game. And it can yeah. kickstart the season. We've, we've been here before in other seasons where we've, we, you know, we we've had a, a pivotal game against a, a bigger side, got something from it, or something happens in that game, and you almost turn a corner. Um, you know, we've after Chelsea, we've got Man U, we've got them. Yeah, and we'll look, look, look at the next, next couple of games. If you know, if you if you win, uh, if you beat us or you beat Chelsea and Silver's there for a couple of games, and then eventually get sacked, and when's the right time for him to go or? or that, that's it. it's just it's so hard to look yeah, past it, the derby because yeah, you, yeah. you can't you know if Silver gets sacked I don't think he's going to be sacked before the derby if he gets sacked after the derby you know your new man comes in and he's got what Chelsea United. one day with the squad you've got one day for the Chelsea game. yeah when just, when's a good time to sack him I, just don't think, I don't think you should and we've, we've had this chat because well, like, when, when Klopp came in, in yeah. although he came in with a lot more pedigree when Klopp came in you came 8th first season yeah. Second season, you lost twelve games out of the thirty-eight, so they didn't uh, they didn't coast it. Second season, mm-hmm. I so you know, and now we, you know, look at the squad he inherited. You know, Konchesky, bloody Lambert, and you know they had, they had some donkeys there, didn't they? You know what I mean? But I think Benteke, people like that, he's got rid of the dross, yeah. and now he's brought his own players in, and it's took him about four years to get that squad together. Yeah. So it does take time. I remember those times with some Reds, you know, in that second season when we were on a bit of a dodgy run, they were calling for Klopp. I mean. That's how that's how fickle football can be. You know what I mean? Yeah, you um, need time now in footy 
I think you need at least you, you two or three years time, to build a decent but, team. But you could always see with, with Klopp's transfer windows that he was being clever, he was getting rid of Ted Wood and he was bringing quality in, he was playing a nice brand of football, but he didn't have the right players to play with in that. Yeah, I agree you know, with that. As soon as he got it right, though, he clicked and, he, and, and you know, we're where we are today because of it. That's why you've it's got to give him time. Do you not think he's had enough time to do that? Well, Telegraph published an article saying that the board are going to meet on Monday and he could go before the derby. This is just an ongoing, this is just an ongoing thing though, isn't it? You know, having board meetings every month. It's a a different scenario, isn't it, to to, to the one at Arsenal because they they dance shoes, them players, and if they wanted them and he gone. You don't get that impression with everything. They they, they, they definitely put a shift and say they've not done so much all, have they? You know what I mean? Yeah, we we, we question say he's lost the dressing room, so the players must want him, must want him there and there as disappointed as him. That it's not going right. Yeah, we, we questioned we, we questioned this after the the Norris game, and that was the first time that as a collective we had sort of because we've always been back as a Marco Silva, and we questioned the attitude of the players against Norwich, and was that the first sign of where they down to us? And then you watched them today, and they all, they yeah, all I said that Mike. Yeah, I said that it, they definitely didn't down tools against Norwich. Well, some of them didn't turn up, but they did. it was one of those weird games that the teams have after a two-week international break, where someone would be all over the world and they come back, and we just weren't at it. Yeah. Throw that in, throw that in with the fact that Norwich were getting hammered by everyone pre pre international break, and they came back and had two weeks being drilled on how to play us. Well, and that's that's what the game was. They didn't not turn up in that game, and as that's shown today, you know, if, if you just, if they hadn't turned up, they wouldn't have turned up today, and they definitely turned up today. Mm. Um, but it's a big, it's a big few. Um, well, a big couple of games in it coming up, and that's that's all that we can really say. Whether the manager is there or not, which we touched on already in the podcast, we don't know. Um, Pete, what have you got? Another little DM. Yeah, just a, a, an odd thing in this Telegraph article, which we'll retweet on the on the Twitter account, saying that Telegraph Sports been told senior figures involved with Everton were furious at Silva's substitutions and the change of formation, which will count against the Portuguese. I mean, that feels like a pretty. Bit bad, um, wasn't it? Where's the evidence from for that again as well? Then? Do you know what I mean? I thought when we went to five three two, Schneider was the right sub. Yeah, because because there was there was massive holes to plug in the midfield, so I don't I don't understand that. But they got a bit leggy towards yeah, it. Yeah, again, again, yeah, just conjecture again. Yeah, make make it that what you will, again. but let let's see how it plays out. But the the Chelsea game, obviously, come after the derby, it's another massive game. We don't know the mind is going to be there. I hate this uncertainty around the club. I really, really do. Um, but. I think a lot depends on how the derby goes, but let's let's just throw in some some predictions for Chelsea. I mean, it's up in the air, but can be positive. Paul, do you want to give us a little prediction there for Chelsea? Yeah. No. Okay, we'll move on. Two two. <laughs> Desmond. 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 Goal scorers. Um. Vibram plays. I think he'll get two. I was thinking more Everton, to be honest. <laughs> oh man, that's too bad. He scores. Richardson and Sigurdsson. Lee? It's hard to think about that game in a minute, but um, I do think, yeah, it, it all depends on how we play in the week, to be fair. Um, and who gets, gets through the game on skates? Yeah, exactly that. Um, it's hard to throw in a prediction for that when we've got another game in, in, in the middle of it. Um, that'd be a weird game. It'll be like I'll be like a basketball match that type of game. I think mm. you have a shot, we have a shot type, that's what that's but what they, type of team Chelsea. They play, they're playing Villa midweek as well, Chelsea at home. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, you know, so we'll see. We'll, we'll have to wait. Abraham, I agree with you, is a big difference if if he doesn't play. Um, but that's that type of game. I think it can go either way. 
Yeah, quite I think. Score draw. Pete? Yeah, I was going to say the same, 2-2. Two, two. I think it'll be a goal fest. Yeah, draw for all. Thinking loads of goals, aren't we? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking... Getting clouded on this fence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking one eleven. I think I think we'd be Chelsea, I really do. I think, and like you say, it's so hard to look even past Wednesday. Um, but Chelsea don't frighten me. They don't frighten me, and... But it all depends on the mood around the club, around the dressing room. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. So yeah. this is this is why it's so difficult to do to do these kind of things. Um, obviously, if quite a few days in advance. But let's let's see how it plays out. Let's see how it plays out with the manager, um, and we'll obviously we'll, we'll pick things up post Derby and post Chelsea next weekend uh, when we'll run the rule over them, run the rule over the minds, no doubt again, and we'll, we'll look ahead to another difficult and city game away. At uh, Old Trafford. So we'll catch you then. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.